Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. Here we go. Here we are, once again. Yes. January 16th. This is our our second show of 2021? Yeah, because one came out last Friday? Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. I think. I can't remember. We're keeping pace. (laughs) I keep fucking up when to post them. I think I got a system that we record... And I got it that week to get it uploaded, and it'll come out the following week. It's kind yeah. of a system. Cool. So I think. It's a good system. Pattern recognition isn't always my strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> Except when it's on the mats. Yeah, on the mats, it's, I can pick up the patterns. But that's, uh, yeah. For some reason, I haven't been able to always <laughs> translate to that to other areas of my life. Oh, well. It's all Anyways. right, man. So, we are here, though. We've got Z, Z-Man with us. He's got a Pokemon update. So what do you got for us, man? So, I have a Meowth V Max, Gigantamax. It evolves from Meowth V. Um, it has 300 hit points and it's a colorless type. Uh, its attacks are G-Max Gold Rush, which does 200 damage. And um, there's a V Max roll on the bottom, but it's kind of boring. Also, um, what does it say in the book? Well, you got a, you got a guide, a Pokemon guide that actually has this guide. I don't, but you don't need it. I'm just saying, what did it say? It says something about the symbol on its head. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it said, uh, the, the, um, symbol on its head that appeared on its coin is actually said to be the key to unlocking the Gigantamax phenomenon. And also, um, it's grown uh, super thin and tall, um, and its coin on its head has um, grown super big, all thanks to Gigantamax energy. Sweet. Sweet. So, thanks for the update. Mm-hmm. In other news, we have a new uh, kids' class schedule mm-hmm. that we implemented 
this week. To uh, <clears throat> just like deal, deal with the size a little bit? Yeah, and just also just skill level. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there are things that, you know, a, a 12, 13-year-old can work on that really aren't going to make a whole lot of sense to a 6- or 7-year-old. And so you find yourself either kind of confusing them or really not challenging the other. So the more I thought about it, the more splitting them up became. But yeah, dealing with the numbers because we got just kids coming in. More kids wanting to sign up. Have you talked to Kevin? Kevin's been having that same issue. Mm -hmm. I saw you had to split them up into three classes. I think that's kind of the common thing, being that they don't have a lot of school activities going on right now. Yep. Well, it's one of the few activities where they don't make the kids wear masks. And I mean, we've got parents here just like that's, they're like, yeah, we want to do jujitsu and stuff, but like, man, we'd almost bring them here no matter what you're doing just for that. So, I mean, making kids wear masks like while they're doing athletics doing and things. stuff is, uh, it seems excessive. Yeah. I'm, yes. At my school in PE, we can take our masks off so we don't have to like do athletic stuff uh, with our masks on. That's yep. good. So, but yeah, man, so what did you think about the new class? I liked it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I like that I get to play dodgeball with the big kids Hi. and the little kids. He gets to play dodgeball twice. That's pretty sweet. I, I get to play, do-, do like little kids class, play dodgeball, and then just hang around, watch my Kindle, and then uh, my parents will call me over for dodgeball with the big kids. Sweet. Yeah. It's a good setup, so. Mm-hmm. Oh. In yeah. other news, I'm excited for today because it's my cousin's birthday party. How old is he? Uh, he's going to turn eight. And you'll be eight in, in February? exactly one month. Mm-hmm. They have the same, their birthday is one month apart. One month apart. Also, February, January 17th and February 17th. You're going to be eight years old, dude? Yep. Mm-hmm. Getting old, man. Also, I also um, get to have a sleepover with my cousin today. Tonight? Yep. Sleepovers are fun. Yeah. Kind of his first sleepover with, with a friend. With, without without Tita um and not at Nana's house. So yeah, it's... sleepovers are fun times. He'll have fun, man. It's gonna be a I fun can't... day, birthday party and sleepover. Heck and... yeah! So sounds like a super fun day. That is exciting. So, oh, right on, brother. Right, Thanks for the update. Yeah. Thanks for sharing the news. Yeah, buddy. My legs so. hurt. Okay. Well. We will uh, catch you on the flip side, homie. Love you. See ya. <laughs> heard a door open? Assumed yeah. it was the front door? Yes. It's a stranger. Until they confirm that it's not a stranger, it's a stranger. A stranger. Yeah. I could just be walking in from the garage. Aka's not as bad. Aka, before you guys had Jax, Aka would barely bark. If you startled him? Yeah. Like if you came and knocked or something, he would bark? Yeah. It wasn't... No, no, he didn't he just bark, uh, but Jax will, he likes to bark. He likes to bark. It's part of his uh, his DNA. That's a, you know, Frank, Frank doesn't bark at shit. Yeah. But if Korea starts barking, yep. and she, it goes back to my Great Dane. So we had a Great Dane, and he, he was kind of a skittish dog. That fucker barked at everything. <laughs> and so his watchdog skills were suspect at best. I mean, and so, and then he was an adult dog when we got Korea in my pit. And so she learned that from him, mm. and, that, and now she's 10, 11 years old, and Likes to bark. carries on that tradition of, let's bark at everything. <laughs> yeah, he's getting better out on the trail. Like, at home, he's still really, I think, like, this is his and that's, house. Yeah, at home, that's one thing. So, yeah. but yeah, he, he used to, like, be really barky out in public, too. Oh, really? And it was, it was yeah, like, when he was a little puppy, it was kind of cute. But then he turns into this fucking, like, 50, 60-pound dog, and it's not so cute to everybody anymore to have this, uh, you know, and I'll admit, like, if I didn't know him, you know, he looks uh, confused, but he's, like, barking. And it's, yeah. like, a, a menacing bark. And so, you know, I, I know he'd never bite anybody. It's just not in his DNA. Yeah, but people don't DNA, know that. But people don't know that. No. And so I was a little worried. Like, fuck, man, like, being out on the trail and having a dog that'll kind of run up to people and bark at him and not really come back is not... Cool. Like, am I going to have to have this dog on a leash, like, all the time? Is this what's going to happen? But he's definitely mellowed out. Like, he'll uh, he'll come back. Like, he won't bark unless he's startled. Like, if somebody comes around a corner and startles him. But he'll, uh, yeah, he doesn't really bark, and he'll come back, and we just put a leash on him, and then he's 
He almost, it's like he feels more secure when he's on the leash. Dude, that's not surprising. Like, dogs love structure. And yeah. if they know what to do and what to, what's expected of them, yep. they thrive on it. Yeah. You know, that's a, you, a lot of people, you know, fuck that up where you get these, you know, people that like, oh, I'll never want, I don't ever want to put my dog in a crate or a kennel or a leash. Like, that's your human interpretation of what a dog wants. Yeah. Like, dude, a lot of dogs are, when dogs know what they're supposed to do, when there's zero confusion there, it's comforting to them. Yeah. When, when they have a little, they don't need a lot of free will. No. Their free will comes from you. Yeah. And it's more, it's better for them. It's structure. It's, it's They're structure. looking at you for structure. Like yeah. you're the leader of the pack. Yep. This is how you gain favor in this tribe. Yep. And as long as they know that and you're consistent with it, yep. then yeah. 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 But, but it's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad he's chilling out in public, but at home he's still a fucking barky ass dog. It's, and it's, it's a tough one to correct too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's his instinct. And there's nothing wrong like not to have really. a dog that barks when someone shows up around your house. Yeah. Like, I mean, you see, he's even gotten better when, when you come over. Like He, 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 to, can, he simmers down pretty quick. Yeah. But, yeah. Dude, I mean, I, that's one of the reasons I have a dog. Mm-hmm. So when you're sleeping at night, they're going to hear something first. Hell and yeah. And if you have a dog that barks, even if it's just a little yippy dog that really can't do anything, it's still a little alarm system. Yeah. Like, that's one of the benefits of having a dog. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a good... Good reason, companionship. Yeah, when you got a lazy, lazy sleeping ass dog that doesn't bark at anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind of nice, but it's not going to alert you to when a burglar comes yeah. in. Yeah, no, that's not uh, not the goal. So, no. so cool, man. So what, have uh, you gotten out to the range or done any? Uh, you know, dry, a little lately? dry fire, but I haven't gone out shooting lately. Yeah. We finally slowed down a little bit this week at work. I thought about going out shooting this weekend, but I'm going to go skiing tomorrow. Yeah, I was skiing Saturday. Then you went last weekend. No, I, didn't, I haven't gone yet, man. The condition, okay. conditions have just been shitty. Okay. Like, we haven't got shit for snow this huh. year, dude. Yeah. Up in the mountains. And when I say skiing, I'm going to go climb Powderhorn tomorrow. Right. I'm going to go skin <laughs> up. Skin all the way up and then do maybe a run down. And if I feel energetic, maybe I'll skin up again. But I like the conditions aren't good enough for me to want to just get on the chairlift and do laps. Yeah. Like, we haven't gotten barely any fucking snow, man. So, uh, just enough to fuck it up in the valley. Yeah. You, you know, make it cold and muddy. Make it cold and, muddy. and wintery. But, <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to go climb the mountain tomorrow just because I'm jonesing to do it. But because I've been waiting for some better conditions, man. And they just haven't come yet. Yeah. It might just be one of the winters. Yeah, it is, man. Like, we're looking at halfway through January. Yeah. It's only a couple more months of this shit and then it starts blowing out. So. Yeah. I mean, we should definitely still get some big storms coming Oh, for through. sure, I mean, dude. We don't know we, what the fuck's going to happen over the next two months. No, no. I mean, I, we've, I've seen big <laughs> snowstorms. They don't stay on the ground, but I've seen big storms as late as April. You know, it should, yeah. even in May, I've seen. And up in the high country, I've seen snow as late as June. But that doesn't do anything for skiing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. But anyways, uh, I'm going to go climb the mountain tomorrow. Sweet. I'll be good. So, Cheaper yeah. than sending rounds downrange. It is uh, cheaper than sending rounds down range. That is true. <laughs> so, yeah, I got out yesterday and did a little, went out to the range and did some practice. So, just trying to work some some drills, like have some structure. So, instead of just going out there and just shooting shit at random. But, uh, so yeah, I did about 50 rounds with my carry gun. And uh, mainly just, I did like the target drill, like trying to hit the little space, like, like the tape, tape or something. Drill. And, you know, did that a couple times. And then I did, because uh, I had a fresh Target, had bought a couple of those new, of those cardboard Targets. So I did a couple of the, the failure to stop drills, like two to the body and one to the head. Oh, okay. So, again, like if they've got body armor on, mm-hmm. it's like, dude, if they're not stopping after two to the fucking body, it's time to maybe change Targets. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but yeah, I just did a few clips of that just to kind of get the, the feel for shooting with that snuck in a couple uh, concealed carry draws. I, I, apparently, there's a rule that there's says you're not supposed to. Do I've, your see, draws. I've seen that. I saw that like the second or third time I went out there. Mm-hmm. That in those public bays. Yeah. Yeah, you're not supposed to be drawing. See, and it says unless you have approval or something from from the range officer, and it's oh. one of those things where I'm afraid to go ask because I don't want to draw attention to myself. <laughs> It's always, it's better to ask forgiveness than it is for permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figure I'll, I'll feign some ignorance and then ask them at that point, like, well, what do I need to do to get 
like clearance, like you know, do a class, like show you guys that I'm, I can do this. Safely. I can do this safely. Like you know, what's the what's the secret? How do I do it? But um, so yeah, you know, I don't I don't go out there and, and do a bunch of them. But I did there sneak was, in three. There was one day because I wasn't privy to that rule. There was one day I was out there and I was doing some draws and. I wasn't really paying attention. The range officer had come up and was watching. Mm-hmm. He didn't say a word to me. Yeah. So I think he saw that I was doing it safely. Mm-hmm. I wasn't being reckless in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And so I think he was just like, okay. Yep. Yeah. He didn't say shit to me. Yeah, okay. That's so. interesting. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, try and keep it on the down low yeah. now that I know. But like when I don't know, I was just doing it too. I, I probably had the same experience yeah. and like don't recall. But uh, yeah, as long as, I mean, I'm not trying to set any speed records no. when I'm doing it live out there i'm trying to do it nice and smooth and but fuck man like that's you if you fumble the draw like it's all over like that has to be like so if you're going so fast that you can't control your draw like that's just uh you know you're just gambling you're rolling the dice and hoping that it comes up your number but uh so yeah just doing it nice and smooth and fucking shooting the steel and hearing ping yeah it's fun so, so the hearing that ping is a reward. Mm-hmm, yeah, a dopamine hit. And then I uh, I pulled out the canic and I started playing around with the the rotating the Texas Star yeah. crazy yeah. things. Those are fun. And um, it was it was an interesting experience because I'd always gone in that book the uh, the, the Charlie Perez the shooting book that I showed you I forget the name of it but he uh, he had talked about dealing with moving targets and he said there's two ways to handle them there's what he called the ambush method where you you aim at where you know the target's going to go and then when it goes there you shoot or there's the the follow method where you're following the target and when you get a sight picture you shoot hmm. and so you know he was saying that you know in his opinion the better one is the like the follow method like the ambush method takes too long from a competition standpoint and so i was like all right well, i'm just going to try it and Dude, fuck, man. I was pretty damn good. Like, doing the, five, doing the follow, follow method. method, dude. Yeah, I think it's easier than you think. Uh, you, you, I mean, you mentioned before, like, sometimes some of your best hits are when you aren't really aiming hard. Like, you, you just draw and you fucking shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, still getting your sight picture and stuff, but versus, like, okay, I'm going from compressed draw and I'm going to, like, go to full pre- you know, presentation and now I'm going to line out my sight picture and then I'm going to shoot. And so, like, uh, I, I think that there's something, like, you know, humans, we're not really, like, wired for that. Like, we're kind of wired for, like, you know, if, if you think about, it, like, you know, following game, if I'm trying to shoot something or hit something with an arrow or a rock or whatever, it's probably not standing there. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the ability to track something and do it, and, and from the distance that you're doing it at, right, you're not trying to fucking do this at 50 yards. This is, like, 10 yards or, or so. So the time isn't really a factor. Like the time it takes my bullet to get to that target, like it's it's not going to have moved significantly. And that short of distance. That short of distance. As fast as your round is traveling. Yeah, and you know, and it was totally true, man. Like I was following them, and I was like, Bing, 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 and like one of them had the, it's got the four, the two four, and they start fucking counter yeah. rotating all that shit. So yeah, I was playing games like, all right, I got 10 rounds and see if I can knock off all eight. And like, dude, I was doing it pretty fucking consistently. That's and like, and, and cha- like, I can't ambush it. Like, you know, I find myself like trying to revert to it and like, no, 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 I gotta, follow it. I gotta follow it. I gotta follow it. And uh, yeah, the first time it happened, I thought it was a fluke. I almost quit right then. I was like, dude, I just want to go home right now. I feel pretty good about myself. I just want to, you know. And on a high note. And on a high note. But I was like, no, I still got rounds in, that I plan on shooting, man. I need to not massage my ego and, and do it. And, uh, yeah, I was, like, pretty consistently, um, you know, good at that follow method. So, but, yeah, if, if you haven't played around with that, it's uh, it's interesting to, like, I just commit to, shot, to it. The only, like, moving targets I've shot you know, with a hang on are on those exact things you're talking about yeah. on the cameo shooting range. Yeah. I've only done it a couple of times. And I, you know, on without knowing those two methods, I was kind of bouncing back and forth between those. And I can't remember which one I was having more success with. Because like, I remember doing that. Yeah. Like, five, picking a target and following it and then trying to pull the trigger. Yeah. And then the other one just kind of, okay, it's going to be here. Gonna be just here. put my fire on there and wait for it to come into my sight feature. And I, yeah. I remember doing both. Yeah. You know, just because, I mean, you know, common sense 
that's kind of the two ways you would do it. I know it's funny yeah. when you say it. It's yeah. like, well, duh, but okay, until you say it. Until you break down the technique. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, there is a difference there. There's, there's definite difference. With it, so. But, um, so yeah, so that was my my training yesterday. 100 rounds and freaking, that was it. Walked away. Felt decent. Last few times out to the range, man, I've, I've felt like decent about myself leaving. Like I used to leave feeling disgusted. <laughs> Just fucking disgusted with myself. You know, I a worthless human being. Yeah, well, at least when it comes to shooting. And so, but it's funny, man, like how much my grip has gotten stronger. Like the gun doesn't jump around in my hand anymore and I don't really have to consciously think about it like I used to. So, I mean, that definitely plays a big role in just being more accurate and, you know, hitting shit. But yeah, I still have those times when it's like, oh, I got this thing, ding. It's like, fuck, man, why is that puff of dirt over there in the low left? What's going on here? So it's, uh, yeah, it's fun though, man. It's fun to see some progress uh with with it because when you first start you don't know what you don't know and all you're finding out is like oh i suck and i suck at that and i suck at that and i suck at that and i'm trying to get better at it but it's not really like i still suck what's going on here so it's uh it's fun but yeah i like jujitsu with starting out there and just going through the peaks and valleys with that Mm -hmm. so yeah man being a white belt like those first few weeks like that's just fucking chaos like you don't know what's going you, on you don't even know what you don't know and you have this idea in your head of things you should do and try <laughs> i know it's funny first uh, on the mat last night first round there was some white belts there or i just i didn't i just picked one i was like hey man you want to wrestle a guy about our size maybe yeah. a little bigger you know so i'm like all right and this is a pretty new white belt too so you kind of and you know so he looks like a physical a fairly physical guy Oh yeah, and this guy is fucking just going hard, but doesn't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I had to kind of simmer him down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we've all been there. You know what I mean? And, you, and when it gets into you slap hands and you're going to wrestle with somebody, those are the skills you have. And hey, so you bring, you, you what bring you, that's what you have. What and you so got. you're going to use them. You know, so it's... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's the same thing. You know, when you're new at something, just well, these are the skills you bring to the table. You got to fucking utilize them. And yeah. See what the result is. And they're being used against you. You, you don't know, even know it. You don't even know it. <laughs> it's like, oh fuck, man. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah. So I actually was I had a question for you, like jujitsu on the streets. Okay. Right. So. Spider guard. Spider guard. Worm guard and spider guard. Lapel guards. What lapel I was going to go for. The, the best yeah. move. Anything. Anything that involves a lapel. Yep. Is gonna be good on the street. So, have you have you come across the American Warrior show? Sounds familiar. Who? Like Mike Seeklander. Yep, 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 Rich? yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like man, I really like what they're doing because they've got a real heavy emphasis. It's on jujitsu, mm-hmm. and so like it really resonates with me to hear them talk about like how all of these things integrate. You know, they talk about the same shit that we were. You know, like you know layers of defense. Like you know, the gun can't be the only. Uh, answer that you have you have to have these other options and and so uh, but they had an interview with a guy who had a he basically tackled and restrained a dude in the front yard of yeah. his friend's house yeah. did you listen to that? yeah he was working out working out and then so then he went out there guy was bent over in the vehicle yeah and, he, and then he had to like and the, the dude who did it was a big strong guy yeah yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. a really good story. That was an interesting story on, on, yeah, a bunch of interesting lessons. So, number one, though, I'm curious, like, again, I'm not, I'm being totally uh, judgmental. You know, I don't know all the context, and I'm just saying, like, you know, my thoughts. But, like, I think it's fucking stupid and insane that he tackled the dude. Like, that was, like, he has no weapon. You got no clue. Like, the dude had a knife. Mm-hmm. If that dude had not lost the knife in the... Uh, when he fell, which is kind of what he theorized happened, like man, that story would have been completely different. Yeah, it's a, if I, I think they touched on that. And it, I, think, I think he went into like, it, dude, he, he had a rationale, but I don't care what the fuck the rationale is, dude. Like that, it's property. It's not even person. If that guy's running away, and the dude's trying to run away, just let him run. Let him run. Let him run. Like, dude, there is zero excuse for fucking engaging an time. unknown hostile target. In those conditions. Yeah, if he's running towards you, fuck Ignorance him. is what 
allowed him to do that because dude, I'll tell you like I would have done what I would have been totally on his side six months ago a mm-hmm. year ago but man getting into the self-defense thing a little deeper and like oh he might have a gun he might have a knife he might have a fucking he friend might, around the he corner might, he might have fucking AIDS yeah you know you, you bite you know we're bite you or something you have no you know, idea and so now all of a sudden the 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 cost to benefit ratio of engaging people changes i think that's one of the reasons that people that do have concealed carry people that do do jujitsu and can fucking legitimately strangle people out Mm -hmm. like why they're they tend to be a little calmer because like they they realize this other person might be able to strangle me Mm -hmm. or this other person might have what i have Mm -hmm. and but if you don't have that knowledge if you don't have that context for the world like you're going to you're going to look at and interpret situations differently. And one of the things I, w- I was listening to uh the uh, Justified Saves episode uh like a little earlier in the week, you know, the Conceal Carry um podcast, and they had a similar story where a a guy tried to chase down and engage a guy who was running from the cops. Mm-hmm. And the guy turned around and shot him. The guy ha- he wasn't armed. He he like you know the guy chasing him, he had no he was nothing. It was just him. And he's chasing a fucking dude who is running from the cops. And, and, he, and he's not, he doesn't even have a gun. He, like, he has nothing really beyond it. Like and, and they even pointed out, like, that was not smart. No. Like, that was sad. This guy died because he you gotta, did you gotta, that. You got to take a, a second to assess the situation. Yeah. If someone's running away from you, there's going to be very few, very few instances where you should chase them down. Fucking A. Them. You know, very yes. few. Very like, few. Like if he's running away, <clears throat> yeah, it sucks. You, you you've lost your property or whatever it is, but you got to remember his property. Yeah, just let him fucking go, man. Like, yeah, well, I remember that guy even said like at one point because one of the interesting lessons too was that he couldn't really pin this guy down and finish like control him. Like it took him a while. Yeah, and you know he's like bigger than the guy, and it's like you know that well that's the reality of like somebody's fucking bucking and fighting and stuff and. But he even said at one point he had to ask himself, "What am I doing here? Yeah. Like, what's my end game?" Because in his mind, he thought he was going to tackle this guy, get on top of him, and this dude was going to fucking give like up. give up. And he didn't. And then it's like, oh well. Well, now what? Now what? Now what am I going to do? I got to figure out how to restrain this guy, or like you know potentially hurt him. And he's like you know talking about, do I want to hurt him? Do I not want to hurt him? Like, dude, these are all fucking decisions that you should have thought out beforehand. You know, he talked about I. The reason I engaged is because I thought this out. You know, I, you know, people were jacking cars in my area, and I felt responsible as as homeowner association. You know, guy. Oh, dude, I can see it, man. I, I can see it too. I, mean, I can I can see myself making that decision also. You know, I would like to say I would be more rational and make the appropriate decision, but I could see. My dude, I can see myself in the exact same situation. I'm out in the garage working out, so you're kind of jacked up, a little testosterone flowing, and I see some fucking douchebag, you know, in my car. I'm gonna go want to beat the piss out of him. And if I approach him and he takes off running, I'm like, motherfucker, game on. Like, dude, I can see my ego put let me do that. Yeah. And so I get it. Yeah. You know, and that's why it's really good to listen to I can story. see my ego letting me do that too, mm-hmm. but given that I now have more context, I yeah. would hope that I would be able to... Make the smarter decision. That my ego would have something to counterbalance it, you know, because... Uh, but yeah, man, if you think that you're... In this day and age, for you to assume that you're just going to... Just, just you, just your own body, no matter how skilled you are... Uh, in whatever hand-to-hand combat technique there is, like, I don't know, it's a gamble that if you engage somebody that they're going to not have some sort of weapon or something like that. Did, didn't he have a buddy there with him too? They were guys in a car, yeah, that drove no, off. No, no, but the, the quote Oh, no, his, yeah, he had a buddy. The quote-unquote yes. good guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was there working out with a friend. Friend, they were doing. They, they were working out and they just finished, uh, he yeah. finished set, which leads me to another question here in a minute too. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, so I was, I was curious your opinion on that. Like, to me, that sounded psychotic. Like, I sounded like he got lucky, and you know, really, like that's one of the lessons that uh, I kind of took away from it. Was like, dude, that dude got lucky, especially when he found out that there was a knife, mm-hmm. and the guys had the the bad guy had friends there. There was a, a truck that had one or two people in it that like drove off that was with this guy. Like, 
How do, yeah, we're stopping. Maybe they'd come back and then now you're fighting three guys. You know? Yeah, dude, yeah, they jump and, out and, and fucking and they got come bats, to their friends. And tire irons or fucking gun. You know, yeah. yeah. You don't know. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I can totally see it. But it's just interesting because, like, the context that I have now compared to where I was before I started getting into this whole thing, uh, even, you know, uh, is it, it changes. Because, like I said, I would have had a different answer a year ago. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Tackle that motherfucker, take him to the ground, choke him out. Like he's got it coming, and but I feel like I was living in ignorance. Mm-hmm. I I agree, but still, even even knowing this, it would be hard to make the right decision. I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I, yeah, I don't think it would be. I, I don't, you're smarter than that, man, because you're the mm-hmm. one who's pointed out to me like multiple multiple times. Like you don't want to shoot people. Mm-hmm. Like and and if you engage someone. Especially if you have a gun, like you, like, I, I don't know, like, I need to be ready to go to that level because I don't know that I won't need to, to contain the situation. Right. And so if I'm not willing to fucking shoot someone over it, then am I really willing to even fucking engage in the first place? Yeah. So I got a good story that, lead, that this leads right into perfect. Um, decision-making process I had to go through. So on Thursday, I was at work. I get a text from my dog walker that I have the I have this fucking dipshit that lives a few doors down from me that has yeah. an aggra- aggressive dog and he's very irresponsible. Like, this dog is just loose all the time and it, it is charged either me and my dog while I'm out walking on several occasions or my dog. I've had, I got two separate dog walkers I use pretty regularly and both of them now have been charged while out there. This last situation that just happened the, she was walking uh, my female pit, and this dog coming. This is a good sized dog, you know. He's probably a 70, 80 pound dog. <clears throat> he's also a pit, aggressive. Comes charging from this guy's house across the street to where the dog walker and my dog are. She, my little dog's only like 35, 40 pounds. So she scoops her up again, because my little dog's kind of a shithead too. But she's on a leash. So the dog walker scoops her up to prevent anything. This dog jumps at her, trying to bite my dog. She kicks it hard as fuck. And then finally the, the owner comes out, grabs it, and, you know, yanks him away. Dude, this is, no exaggeration, this is the sixth time his dog has charged either me or the dog walker and my dogs. That's crazy. So I get this text uh, oh, Thursday, uh, Thursday at work. I'm like, motherfucker. I said, everybody was okay. Nobody got hurt. Dog walker was good. Dogs were good. Okay. So I was like, I got to go down there and talk to this asshole today. Because the very first time it happened a couple years ago, this, this guy is a dipshit, man. man. He is the epitome of a fucking dipshit. Just I remember like, you, I, like I remember the I saga of this dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's one of those things. Like if I see that dog outside, because they have a fenced-in front yard, but the fence is in terrible, you know, state of disrepair. The dog can get underneath of it. A lot of times, the dog, the gate's not even closed. So the dog just kind of gets out, anyways. Um, the very first time it happened, he he apologized because he's friends with a neighbor that lives like across the street from me. So yeah. he walks by my house a little quite often. He's seen me out there. He's like, "Hey man, I'm really sorry that happened. You know, it won't happen again." Of course. Yeah. Okay. And that was the first time, and now we're dealing with five incidences later. I was like, "All right." I was like, I got to go down. I was, I'm, I'm, it was a good thing I was at work when I got this information. <laughs> it gave me several hours to decompress before because I would do. I was ready to like, go down there and lay hands on this motherfucker. Yeah. Dude, you're a dipshit. And I'm going to go down there and present this problem to you. And if you get shitty with me, I'm going to slap the shit out of you. Like, push comes to shove. Like, I'm going to fuck you up. And so I knew I... So I get home from work. I see... I drive by his house. I see he's there. You know, I carry my firearm every day. Uh, but before I went down there, I, I took it off. I was like, there's no read. I was like, oh, I had... You know, I was like, okay... Should I take it down there? I was like, this situation is, I'm going to this person's house to address them on an issue. If things are to escalate, I don't even want that option. Yeah. I, I will just run away. If I if I can't handle it, you know, if it's going to get physical, I will leave. But I didn't even want that part of the equation. Yeah. So I took, I left my gun at home. I felt that was the more responsible decision. Yeah. And, yeah, but, you know, so... But yeah, you got to think about that shit. Oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to introduce a firearm in that situation because I knew it could get heated. Yep. And, am I willing to go to prison over that? No. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah. not. It's a. I. I. I can defuse whatever's gonna happen. Right. 
That's where the stun gun comes in. <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu yeah. Plus. Jiu-Jitsu Plus. But so I didn't go down there with any fucking weapons. Yeah. I mean, I always have a pocket knife. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But you got to think about that shit. You, yep. you, you got to extrapolate this out. Like, okay, if this really goes south, if I go down there and talk to this guy, tell him how irresponsible he's being, and tell him he needs to find a solution to this because it's completely unacceptable and I'm done fucking dealing with it. If he is not uh, receptive to my suggestions, well, you know, and starts getting aggressive, what's going to happen? Yeah. And you got to think about that. Like, okay. Yep. So, yeah, man, yeah. no, it's true. You got to think about that shit. What do you say? So I went out and I, I was a little bit calm at first. So yeah. I knocked on the door. He had a buddy there that answered the door. And then as I came in, you talked to such and such. He comes out and I told him, I was like, hey, was like, dog walker told me your dog charged and jumped. She had to kick it to prevent it from biting her and my dog. Uh, he's like, oh, man. He's like, yeah, well, about what time did this happen? I knew where he was going. I was like, oh, 10.30-ish. He's like, oh, you know, I'm at work from like 4 a.m. until, you know, 3 o'clock every day. I was like, okay. I was like, just because you, he's like, yeah, my roommates must have let, you know, let him out. And they're not real good at keeping an eye on him. I was like, well, I was like, it's still your responsibility. I was like, is that your dog? He's like, yeah. I was like, your dog is your responsibility 100% of the time, whether you're at work or not. I was like, if you have other human beings that are in the house that aren't responsible human beings, they, and you have a dangerous dog, your dog needs to be locked up and you need to tell your roommates, don't unlock the door. If you can't watch them, don't handle them. As a, as a, I was like, I've owned aggressive dogs. I know what it's like. I was like, if you're an irresponsible motherfucker, you don't need to be handling this dog. I was like, I was like just because you're at work doesn't mean you're not responsible. Then I started getting shitty with him. I was like, cause, I was like you're denying responsibility. He's like, that's your dog, right? Your dog charges mine. I'm across the street with my dog on a leash. Completely fucking unacceptable. I was like, and, I, and he's like, yeah, you're right. He's like, well, I don't like having my dog, you know, like in a kennel or in my room for eight hours or whatever I'm at work. I was like, I agree. I was like, you know what you do? You hire a fucking professional dog walker. I was like, I got two different ones that come to my house. I was like, you want, I was like, if you only knew how much money I spent every month on fucking dog walkers, because I'm a responsible dog owner. I was like, you are not. As you, your roommates are not. I was like, you need to correct the situation. He's like, yeah, you're right. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm right. That's why, I, I like, That's why I'm down here talking to you. I was like, fix this, man. Like, and he and his buddy came outside. There was, there was two of them out the side. I was like, and he started. He's like, yeah, we got to fix this fence. I was like, you're telling me all this shit, but it's it doesn't mean anything to me because this has happened six times now, and you are unwilling to fix it. I was like, fix this fucking shit. And he's like, yeah, all right, man. I was like, your roommates are completely irresponsible. They don't get to handle your dog, man. I was like, I don't mean to be telling you down here how to live your life, but apparently someone needs to because you can't figure this fucking shit out. <laughs> and he was just, dude, he was all wide-eyed looking at me. And he's a guy our age, maybe, yeah. a, little, maybe a little younger. Yeah. But just a dipshit. So, yeah, I'm down there lecturing another adult on how to fucking be a responsible dog owner. Right? Oh, there's a few of them that need a lecture. They, they, I, was, I lectured the fuck out of this guy for like 10 minutes. And I, I was like, here's the solution. I'm going to tell you the solution right now. Your dog doesn't go out in the front yard unless he's on a leash or chain. Yeah. And if your roommates aren't willing to do that, your roommates don't get to do that. He is he is locked up while you're at work. Yeah. Like that's just it seems like a simple solution. Don't put him in the front yard. You would think. You, I mean the backyard still there. You would think. Yeah. I, yeah. Why do they? Why does it have to go in the front yard? You would think. I don't know. Why is the dog? If your dog is aggressive, why is he loose at any point in time? <laughs> yeah. That that's that bottom line. Yeah. Like, if your dog is aggressive, there's n he should never be loose in a public setting. Yeah. Even if it's your, just your front yard. You don't know who's going to walk by. Yep. Like, you're just being an irresponsible motherfucker at this point. Yeah. I mean, I was talking earlier about Ajax. Like, man, if this dog doesn't, you know, he's, he's getting real close to having to be on a leash all the time. Because mm -hmm. he, he's not aggressive, but he looks aggressive. And he can come across as aggressive. And even that is not acceptable. And it's like, man, I need, I need to keep him on a leash. Like, if he's going to run up to people and bark at them, even though Can't I know he's not going to engage in a fight, he's not going to bite anyone, that's not acceptable. Not acceptable. So that's why I'm, I'm pumped he's, like, changing that that habit so I don't have to have him on a leash all the time. But, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really amazing how people, like, I don't know what they think. And, and the problem is, is they create such a bad name for dog owners. Yep. So then you come across people on the trail who are just automatically super defensive and super pissed off as soon as they see a dog off the leash mm -hmm. 
because they've had so many bad experiences with dumbass dog owners. And it's like, man, listen, I understand, you know, why you're upset. So, you know, that's why I, I try to have my dog on a leash around other people. But man, it's just, it's funny, the idea that when I'm out, you know, in the Horse Thief Canyon area with my dogs, that I'm just going to have them on a leash all the time. I, it, it's so much fucking area out there. There's so few people, like you can go a whole hike and not run across another person. And so, but yeah, to, you know, to, to think though that you're going to have a dog on a leash all the time out there is a little ridiculous. So depends on the dog. Depends on how much control No, no, no. I just mean like people coming here and like having this expectation, you know, it's like, but yeah, if you've had a bad experience, but then you come across people who are just like, the dog's supposed to be on a leash, you know, it's like, that's the law. And it's like, well, you know, they're under voice command. I mean, they, they are, they come, you know, they listen. Like that's so technically that counts as well. Like it's the leash law is one of those, like it's, I feel the way that it's written, it's there not to act as like a, uh, like a, a real strict primary enforcement method as much as like something that's selectively used either to, you know, punish people that do have bad dogs or like a plus one type thing. Like someone's getting in trouble for something and they're like, oh, you know, and your dog's off a leash mm-hmm. kind of thing. But it's not like park rangers are out there, no. at, at, you know, roaming the trails, riding tickets to people that don't have their dogs off a leash. Right. And so, but to come here, like, I just, I don't know, there's a lot of fucking people coming here from other areas, like the Front Range and, you know, out west in California and stuff. And, like, they just have a different attitude towards, uh, towards well, things. Well, there's people that really like rules. <laughs> Yeah. And then they like to take the opportunity to, if they see you not following a rule, to say something about it. Yeah. They, they feel they have the, uh, whatever, the, they feel it's their responsibility to let you know you're not following the rule. Yeah. You know, yeah, and that's yeah. where, like, yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. But it's like, listen, man, this is, you need yeah. to live here a few years and figure out how it works. Like, yeah, there's just a lot of, like, there's a lot more, dude, I, I, I'm going to, I'll go, I'll say this. Most people are irresponsible dog owners. Yeah. They, they are. They, and, here, and here's why. I've thought a lot about this, you know, because I've had mean dogs and I've had great dogs. Um, if you've never had an aggressive dog, the odds of you being a good dog owner are kind of slim. If all you ever had is just happy-go-lucky golden retrievers that come up and lick everybody and play with every dog, it doesn't warrant you being a really good dog owner. No, it's easy. You, it's super easy. It makes you look like a good dog owner. It gives you a false sense of your abilities. But, but you're not. Yeah. You're not. When you have to control a real animal that that's going to fuck something up, it's a different thing, man. And yeah. most people... Have, dude, most people don't understand dog psychology and you know what's good for the dog. Because a lot of times people think what's what they think is good for a dog isn't necessarily good for it. It's It's... And I've done a lot of, I've, dude, I've taken every dog I've ever had. I've been to obedience classes. I've, I've done a lot of training with dogs and a lot of reading up on it. Like, I'm fairly experienced in it, man. And, yeah, mo, mo, the good majority of people are shitty fucking dog owners. They just don't understand. Yeah. They just don't, they just don't get it at all. It's, well, they've got, they're using a, uh, <laughs> an Aristotle uh, model to judge their performance and not a platonic model. Basically, like, they're going on their own experience. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about what makes for a good dog owner. And now I need to work towards that ideal. They're just going on their experience, which is like, well, my dog's never bit anyone. And, you know, it's not that big a deal. And, you know, there, there's really no experience that they've had that really forces them to reconsider how they're being a dog owner and what they should be doing different. And so without trying to think a little bit beyond their own experience, it's like, well, how would other people on the trail like to interact with a dog? You know, mm-hmm. is it, you know, cool to have my dog running up and barking at them? I know he's not going to bite them, but they don't. You know, is that cool? You know, like the, and the, the big piece that people miss a lot is if the other, if your, your dog can be the friendliest, most happy thing in the world. But the per- other person's dog might be mean. Yes. Yeah. But even if they, that person could have their dog on a leash, mm-hmm. and they have every right to be out there doing it. But if that dog charges it, that's a trigger. Because when a dog runs up to another dog, man, that's aggressive. Yeah. And that can set that dog off. And then if you're the type, if your your dog is the one that charged it, and he's not the type to back down, that and dude, that instigates a dog fight so fucking quick. Yeah. 
so quick. I mean, if you've got a really reactive dog and another loose one that charges it, dude, it's going to be game on. And, dude, if you've never been on that other end, you, you don't get it, man. Like, yeah. you, people don't get it. And I've had those reactive dogs. And it doesn't take, like, a dog chart running up and barking. I've had dogs that would set the fuck off. And, like, they turn into instant, like, kill mode. And I should, that's why, like, I can't, you know, I've had these aggressive dogs. I can't take those dogs out on these trails here. Yeah. Because Even doing it on a leash. On a leash. Perfectly within all of your rights. There's so many people that just, they, they don't get it. Yeah. And it, dude, it's maddening to me. Yep. It's so fucking frustrating. Dude. I know. It's, it's funny you mentioned that, man, because we had Shadow, which was a sweetheart of a dog. She, you know, big, goofy boxer mix. But man, she was like not happy with most other dogs. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you had to be really conscious of that on the trail. And same thing, man. A dog runs up to her, and she's not happy about it, and starts like trying to let it know in an aggressive way, like you know this isn't cool. And like you said, then you got to rely on the other dog submitting and not saying like, Oh yeah, well fuck you. And it's like, dude, why are we playing this game? Why is it? Why are we playing this game? Yeah. So yeah, I train both my dogs. Like you don't bum rush people and you don't bum rush other dogs. And so you come back here and you check and you see like, what am I supposed to do? And sometimes there'll be people who've got dogs off the leash and they're waving and you know, like, Hey, hi, hi. Oh, your dogs are cute. Oh, cool. Oh, they're all friends. Okay, go That's be friends. Cool. Go, go play, yeah. Right, but you know, you need to check in with me first, and we need to figure, you know, to see how we're going to act here. If we're pulling out the leash, or is everything cool? And it's like, so you know, we've got to train them to do that rather than just assume, assume, and let them just run off. And yeah, it's like I know they're not going to cause problems, but but you don't know. That I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I don't know these other people's experience. No. So yeah, I try to be mindful of uh, other people's experience, but yeah, so. There you go, man. I, right, had, to, I, had, I, had, I had to lecture my fucking neighbor for 10 minutes yeah. on how to be a responsible was, You know, man, but that was smart of you, man. Because there are people out there that would have fucking carried a gun to a fucking conversation. Yeah. And why? Yeah. I got played it out. Like, okay. if Because he's usually, it's kind of a little bit of a party house. There's usually yeah. two or three or four guys down there. And so... If, if you legitimately thought you might need it, you'd probably reconsider... I wouldn't go down there. Do I need to go down there? Exactly. I, would, I wouldn't go down there. Exactly. I, I, I thought about that. Like, okay... Yep. Is this could this situation develop to a point to where I might need the gun? I'm like, okay, potentially, but I'm gonna be very aware of yeah. that, and I'm I'm gonna leave before that happens. Right. Yeah. And if I was really concerned about it, I wouldn't have went down there. Yeah. You know, and I went down there and, and tried to be as calm as possible. You yep. know, and, and yeah, there are times you do need to confront people, and like yes, you do have to. Yeah, that doesn't mean like you just act like a total pussy, but right, dude, you see some fucking unknown would be burglar like trying to run away. It's like, man, do I really need to go tackle this yes. guy? Like that, you know, that's a different, you know, situation and context yeah. than, you know, hey man, somebody's like, there are times you need to step up. That's mm-hmm. the whole point. And you need to be ready for that. Right. Like, I love that American warrior, like their thing, like the fight is coming. The be fight, ready. Be ready. The fight's coming. Fuck dude. There's like truer words have never been spoken. Like, I mean, just every day life is a fight. And if you're not mentally and physically ready for it, then you don't chew you up and spit you out and you end up at Walmart walking around or scooting <laughs> around on a cart. <laughs> but, uh, so I had a, a, a question though. One more question for you off of that scenario though. So you, you mentioned they were working out. Uh-huh. And so he was saying I'm, he's a CrossFit style worker outer, you know, takes it to the max, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. He's like, oh, you know, I'm beat up from a workout all the time. You know, they just finished their bench press. He's, he's just done spent. And then he had to engage this guy. And he even, he even admitted that that did play a role in his performance and his ability to, you know, perform. And it just got me thinking, like, you know, so yeah, when you, you're putting yourself in a compromised position when you work out. Yep. And so, you know, I never really thought about that before. But it's like, so, like, what is, is that the... I, I don't know. Like it just got me thinking. Like okay, what you that 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 plays into the risk to benefit ratio of that really hard to exhaustion style training. Well, let me let me present a different scenario to you that kind of explains the way I think about it. What if we're at the gym, we're eight rounds in and we're training hard that day. We got all the killers on the mat. We got hard rounds going on. Yeah, and we get some- well, that's different. Rolling's different than strength training. But the exhaustion levels. Well, let me play this okay, scenario right, split out. Split uh, So we're in there scrapping hard. Eight rounds in. So you're getting fucking pretty gassed. And then you get an active shooter dude comes in the gym. Yeah. 
and, and, and say it's a few of them. And you got to go hand. It's a completely no, weird no, no, situ- yeah. completely weird situation. But it, 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 it explains it. Like, and then you got to stop mid round to where you're just getting fucked up. And then you got to go hands on with a group of ninjas that come in to accost your gym. Right. Uh, you're going to be compromised. Yeah. Um. So. But you don't build that on the bench press. Man, like I don't. But if that's your thing, if you like to work out hard like that, and if CrossFit is your sport. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I get it, man. When you're there's a lot of times I'm out in my garage working out to where, like, yeah, I could get done deadlifting, and if I had to go wrestle a method. My hamstrings are gonna cramp up. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna suck. <laughs> I just it is it, it's it's a uh, it's an acceptable risk. You know, it got what it brought me back to one of my big like uh, I don't know. You know, there's, there's these moments throughout your life that you have these insights that really stand out and kind of change how you view the world. Like all of a sudden, things it's like the Matrix, man. It's like mm-hmm. oh whoa, like I'm living in a different world. And I remember watching the original Fight Club. And my legs were so fucking sore from the leg day because I was doing bodybuilding shit that I remember watching it and thinking like, dude, Ed Norton's character would kick my ass right now. You know, and Ed Norton's like, knowing what I know about fighting, like I know not to judge a book by its cover, but again, like Ed Norton was this, you know, he played the scrawny little, you know, uh, little dude in the, in, the, in the film. And you would hope as a guy that works out, you know, you could deal with some scrawny little dude. But... I was like, dude, my legs are so fucking toast. Like, pretty much anyone could kick my ass right now because I can't move and I'm so sore and I'm so compromised right now. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, if I had to fight, I'd be compromised. So what is the fucking point of what I'm doing here? Yeah, well, see, my thought process when it comes to lifting weights is that if you're getting that sore, you're doing too much. Yes. You're overreaching. Yes. You should not use soreness... As a gauge as to whether you're working out hard enough, soreness or exhaustion. So, like or, yeah. if you're if you're that sore, like you worked out too hard. Yep. And when it comes for weightlifting, I I'm a little I'm I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here because like I do I will get that sore after a hard day of wrestling. Dude, wrestling's totally different. Yeah. Like the, the scenario that you described, the only way you're gonna get better. That's what I'm saying is like is by wrestling. So mm-hmm. I can totally see wrestling and wrestling tired and pushing yourself hard. But if you're also trying to do that in the gym. Like you can't do it's, both. It's too, it's too you much. can't do both. And you need like the way my mindset is when lifting weights. You should do the minimum amount of work for the most effective. Yeah. Results. Yes. So you that know, you have the most amount of energy to put into what matters most, which is rolling. Right. And, but even if you are trying to build muscle and like be like a bodybuilder type fella. Yeah. Uh, still, your goal should be the minimum amount of work for the most effective result. Yes, yeah. It, it is. And you don't need to be crushing yourself to where you you can't squat and sit down on the toilet without, like, oh, we've all been there. We've all done that. <laughs> oh, no, <dude. laughs> you know, like, you, you... I mean, it takes, it takes uh, some experimenting to figure out what that level is, but you shouldn't be... No matter really what your strength goals are, uh, you shouldn't be lifting weights to that point. Yeah. But it changes. Like we're we're okay with that with jujitsu and wrestling. You said. Yep. But and, and if it's a crossfitter and if that's their sport. Yes. Yes. If that's if that's their sport, I. Right. Have at it. Yep. But like for me, like if I want to lift weights to build muscle, I, there's no way I should be getting that sore. No, yeah. there's no. Way. I've done too much. Right. And, and so yeah, is that yeah. what you're saying? Is yeah, basically, you're... yeah. I just you know it, it was I, you know that's an acute example, but it just got me thinking on the bigger picture. I'm like, oh yeah. It, you know, like I said, it took me back to that realization that I had watching Fight Club that how your workout leaves you f- feeling to be able to deal with self-defense mm-hmm. is something that you have to consider. And so if you're smashing yourself and you're always exhausted, you're always starting, you're always starting from your strength training workouts, right? Like wrestling is different. We've, we've right. established that. But you are, you know, doing it there. Like I said, in the moment, it's just weird. It's like, you know, yeah, you just fucking did a max set of deadlifts and your legs are jelly and then some dudes walk in and, you know, you got an active shooter situation and, you know, you try to stand up and, like, that's a different, like, that's a weird abnormal thing. That's not wrestling. Right. Like, I could, if I could be fucking totally exhausted wrestling and still be able to, like, move effectively when I'm exhausted because I've trained myself to do that, but you're basically trying to train yourself to... Like, what are you doing on a max set of deadlifts or a max right. bench press? Like, what are you really training your body to do? 
is to go to this exhaustion point where it can't function even and then sit there and recover and hope nothing happens in that recovery recovery, period. So, and then the workouts, that's both a microcosm of like a set and that's also like a, a macro look at like your workouts as a whole. So I just, I found it interesting and I, I we're on the same page with it. It's, I a, just, it's a good thing to think about. It is, um, yeah, yeah keep, you know, we've said it before is, you know, keep the main goal, the main goal. Yeah. You know, what are you doing this for? Yeah. And everybody's got different goals with that for sure. But it's like, you have to be, you know, I, I think that there's moments where you realize like, oh, you know, there's something that I wasn't really considering that is actually important and it could change the context. Like that was, I was talking with somebody the other day and you know, I was pointing out how if you change your context for the context for your experience, like it's going to change your experience. And so, you know, it's, you can't judge like what you think something will be like based on your current experience and not change any context. So anyways, but like the, I was talking about like training or something like that, but this is the same thing here. Like the more you kind of learn, the more things that you should be taking into consideration when you're, when you're thinking about this stuff, like your context can change. And so, like I said, like after watching that, like it really did change my context. Like the value that I saw in pushing myself to exhaustion like that when working out changed. Mm-hmm. I never looked at it the same way again based on, on that uh, insight. And so, but yeah, everybody's got to kind of find where on that spectrum they are. But you, it is something that's there, whether you think about it or not, it is something that is, uh, you know, that, that goes into it. So. Yeah, you got to consider that. It could come into play. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but it's funny you talk about that story and that Mike C. Clander podcast. So after listening to that, I did jump online, went to Amazon, and bought myself some zip tie handcuffs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I keep a couple pairs in my backpack at all times. That's smart. You never know. Yeah, you never know. They're pretty cheap. Yeah, I, that sounds I, like a good idea. I got a couple. I can give you a pair for cheap. Because right. I, I think you buy a, a package of them and you get like. 10 of them or something like yeah. that. I'm never going to use them. And hopefully I never have to use them. Right. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll bring a couple of them. But yeah, no, that's a good idea. We but it's something to think about. Like if you had, a, that would have been a perfect situation for that. You're there with a buddy and this guy's just not resisting or, you know, not stopping and you're running out of steam. Like, hey, oh, hey, man, I got a couple pairs of zip tie handcuffs in my backpack. Grab them. Have your buddy come over, fucking hog tie this motherfucker. And then he just lays there. Yeah. Say, hey, man, cops are on the way. Yeah. Sound yeah. about your luck. Yeah. I way mean, safer. Yeah. Way safer than sitting there rolling around on the ground with that guy for fucking 10 minutes, you know? Trying to fucking, yeah, like, <clears throat> figure something out. So, yeah, out. it was that exact story, that podcast, that motivated. I'm sure before that, I, if I remember it, I was at, it was on a Sunday. I was at home doing chores and food prep and shit for the week, listening to that podcast. I was like, man, I'm like, what would I do if I was in that situation? <laughs> Fuck, I need some zip tie hands. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, not, it's so funny. Not, not, oh, I shouldn't have tackled the guy. Like, man, I needed to put some handcuffs on this guy. So Yeah, well, I had that thought, that thought as well because, you know, there are times. Like, I'm, I'm not saying there's never a time where you would try to, like, put hands on someone and restrain them. Right. But it, uh, I, I just felt like that situation right there, just given the context of that concealed carry story about the dude who did something very similar mm-hmm. and, Lost his life. and got killed. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, dude, it is it's the exact same scenario. You're, you're rolling the dice and you're just hoping it comes up, you know, lucky for you, which I, I don't think that is, uh, for me now, knowing what I know, that gamble's not really worth it like it was. So, yeah, man, I used to think you'd fucking tackle some dude and take him to the ground. and But yeah, in, in the back of my mind, you always know. I mean, I told you I want to get a training knife. Like, I, I really feel like if you're, if you're going to be if you're going to use jujitsu for self-defense, like you've got to practice, you got to practice these things. With the weapons. Yeah. I don't know what it's like to roll with someone who's got a knife or if I've got a knife. You know, so you remember I spent, I don't want to find out like in the moment, that's not where I want to fucking experience it for the first time. When I was a kid in karate, we did, you know, weapon stuff like that, knife mm-hmm. defense. Uh, then when I did, I did hop keto for what, three years or something like that. We just spent, you know, quite a bit of time doing. We had these, you know, bullshit wood guns and, you know, you know, training knives and mm-hmm. did quite a bit of that stuff. Oh, that's cool. Um, I'm sure once I started playing with it again, I'd kind of remember. Yeah, man. It, yeah, know. I'm sure it would. That's cool. Yeah, come back to that. You know, I, I, you know, but yeah, we it was more. We didn't practice weapon retention. It was always 
practice from the standpoint uh the bad guys got the weapon mm. and we're you know you know no weapon yeah so yeah a little different but yeah man not wanna i'm i'm curious it's one of those things I've, I've thought about and just part of me knows like dude i i am almost afraid to find out how I shitty see. i am it'd be good for us man you get the know and we, we can go you got a nice mat space we can go in there and just ex- experiment yeah like okay if i had to do this you know what's gonna be the best and just play with it and experiment a little bit yeah it's better to experiment there yeah exactly yeah you know like what's what's gonna be the best way to hang out to this what's gonna be the best way to you know deal with this yeah you know, and again we have a valuable resource we got you know al yeah yeah man kevin no. you know kevin with all his you know military and police work i'm sure he'd be a valuable resource oh yeah he'd probably just insult us and i know <laughs> Send us it's questionable like, pictures. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Man. Your response to that picture was pretty good, though. <laughs> that was fucking. That was good. It was even. It was so well crafted that it could have been. Did James look at this picture or not? Like it was so well crafted. I was like, come on. And like it made me think that. That was my goal. I that didn't was, want to fully that admit good. that I got taken by it, but that, that was good. So. Oh, that was funny, man. Yeah, I fell for it for sure. I was like, "Damn it!" Yeah, yeah. It's good, funny. good random text from old, from old Kevin there. But uh, yeah, no, man. Tap into some resources because, like we were saying earlier, or when we were talking earlier, like I feel like this is an element where the McDojo thing can get really out of control. Like when you start getting into weapon shit, yeah. knife training. It's like, and, and I don't know enough to know. And, and that's how you get sucked into McDojo shit is in the martial arts. People make fun of this stuff, but it's like, dude, you don't know what you don't know. And you walk in and you see this guy and he's better at you at something. And he's, you know, you buy into it. And then fucking five years later, you find out like, God damn it. I wasted all that There time. is no chi power. He was just <laughs> falling over. <laughs> wasted all this time. You know, I don't want that to happen with my my training in these arenas, but uh, but yeah, but I, I think you know we were talking a few podcasts ago that I mean jujitsu is the the foundation, man. That's the chassis that you need to build your self defense um, platform from, and if you don't have that, like I just can't even imagine trying to like work on you know these different skills without having jujitsu as a base for it and able like you know able to understand how to move and and create space and all the things that it's taught you and then it's like okay well add in a gun mm-hmm. add in a knife uh you know add in these different things add in whatever you want but it's at the end of the day it's like all right i'm, I'm using these kind of foundational principles that i learned from jujitsu to uh, you know overcome the situation mm-hmm. so yeah that's uh i'm, I'm uh, i like that podcast man how they tie it all mm-hmm. in with that but that was interesting uh Interesting one. It's funny to hear you say that you were listening to it too and went and bought those handcuffs. I had the same thought. I just didn't do it. I, didn't, I wasn't able to do it at the moment. Don't bother. I got a few extra pairs. Nice. Right I'll throw some in my my pack there. Yeah. I got one of those, uh, what is it, the um, Patagonia, like shoulder swing yeah. things. Yeah. I finally like... Satchel. Satchel, yeah. I always, call, I always call them satchel. The thing's good. Like I like it for... I can throw my IFAC in it mm-hmm. and it fits perfect and I still have room for other stuff and... and uh, I can actually like put my gun, like the little pocket that it has back there, like my holster, dude, the retention clip on that thing is pretty fucking tight. And so you can like slide the holster in that back pocket that's mm-hmm. made for the phone and clip the holster on it. Oh, nice. And then, yeah. And so, you know, so you can carry, I mean, I've been able to pack that in my IFAC and like, you know, everything in there. So if I'm not able to carry it for some reason, at least pack it in there. But yeah, I was like, I don't think Patagonia was was designing it this way no. when they made it, man. This is a good concealed carry pack. I just got to rip it out, man. It's they, good. They would probably freak out if you send an email to customer service like, thank you for guys designing such a good concealed carry. <laughs> fucking picture of oh, it. Yeah, they would probably <laughs> post fucking, it online and tag a, them. They would have a meltdown. Huh. Uh, they would, man. That's funny. It is, it's like uh, Dekine, like their little hip pack. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can fit all this shit in here. My gun, this is great, man. It's like it's designed for. It's like, that's not what they designed it for. That's hilarious. But that's what I use it for, so. All right, but hey, let's call it a wrap. Yeah, man, sounds I gotta, good. I got to pick up my dog, string by the post office before we train, so. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. All right, see you. See you. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ Podcast.
Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now. So get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. Where this cancer quits is but what you do